It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Throws, and yes! Touchdown, did he get it? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson and Jason Walker. We started on time this hour, patting ourselves on the back. Last hour, we had some technical issues, and we were a few minutes late. We were in the studio. We were trying to make it happen. Yeah, tried. At least it didn't happen yesterday. At least it didn't happen yesterday when I was on the board. (laughs) I probably just said, all right, no show today. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Because I'm about 40% through my training on knowing how to do everything on the board. Like, I can run the show as long as nothing goes wrong. Otherwise, (laughs) we're in trouble. Uh, Well, and I appreciate your patience with all my car noise that was going on on my way home. I mean, I was fine. I'm just worried about the listeners because, like, especially when I first turned it on, it was just like, (laughs) all I heard was white white noise. noise. (laughs) It was really loud. Went back and listened to it. I was posting the, the episode on our podcast, and it came on. I was like, oh, goodness gracious. Uh, Technology. Gotta love it. I know. Because I had something that was supposed to prevent that, and apparently it didn't work. So Your uh, earbud things? Yeah. So much for that. Uh, anyway, this hour on the Full Court Press, covering a couple different topics. And, of course, you're always welcome to chime in on whatever is on your mind or ask questions. 435-339-0321 here on the Full Court Press. But last hour we talked about transfers, a uh, number of Utah State defensive linemen just within the last 48 hours, have put their name in the portal. So it's got us wondering what is going on there. Um, and then Utah State basketball getting ready for Fresno State. They open up Mountain West Conference play tomorrow. 12 o'clock tip-off for Utah State. So pregame coverage on KVNU will start tomorrow morning at 11 with Al Lewis and Jalen Moore. And then the game will be on CBS Sports Network for those who can't make it to the game. Uh, and then later in the day, it'll be Utah State women uh, taking on San Diego State at 5. Um, but uh, this hour, talking a little bit more about, just kind of reflecting back on some of the top stories of the last year. And, you know, this is kind of a popular thing to do, and for good reason. Uh, there's there's enough content going on that we don't have to do this, but it's it's a good time at the end of the year to reflect back on the year that was. And so we put our heads together and came up with some of the top stories of the last year. These are in no particular order. They're in you, sort you, of particular well, order. Well, you, you, you put them in more of a chronological order. I, I put them about— you rank them. Yeah, I put them about as chronological order as I could remember them being. Um, and some of them don't fit particularly well because, well, one of the, the uh, sections covers things that literally went from start of the year to end of the year. Then there was another one where things happened in September and December. But other than that, I tried to rank them as rank, list them in order of. I'm pretty sure this is what <laughs> what order they happened in <laughs> in the year. It, it could be a mistake. It's just like oh, I remember this happened this time. But in going back and researching them, I got a better idea of when they happened anyway. 
Um, and I'm typically not very good at like making these kind of lists because I can't even remember what I did last month, <laughs> much less what happened for Utah State or in Cache Valley back in March. Um, but, you know, had you helped me to jog my memory, and I went back and looked, all right, what actually happened this year? I was like, oh, yeah, a lot of things happened. And a bunch of them were negative, and I was like, why are we so negative? Why is everything terrible? But I found a lot of good ones, too. So luckily, I think I think there's at least as much positive as there is negative in this article. So uh, if you want to go see it and reference it, it's on CashValleyDaily.com, the top Cash Valley sports stories of 2022. And, uh, again, this is more of a chronological order, not just a rank the, the biggest story on down. But um, you know, this is – and it's certainly if there's something that's not here that, that we should be considering that maybe we missed, let us know on the Full Court Press text line, 435-339-0321. Yeah, let us know because I ended up chopping it down to 10. So I was like, all right, I kind of want it to be an even 10. And so there's probably five or six that got left on you know my desk back there where it's just, all right, whatever. Um, so if you bring one up, I – probably considered it maybe i didn't all the better if i didn't consider it because it's something more we can remember so text in your uh favorite stories uh, as we go along this hour as we uh, remember 2022 since this will be our last show of this calendar year yes it will so one of the uh, well, the, the top one on uh, on your list to start us off is that the uh, men's basketball team last year uh, you know new coach um, you know, different players, see how this team would, would, would come together. There were injuries last year with some key guys. What would this team be able to do under Ryan Odom? Uh, but in the end, uh, they, they missed out on an NCAA bid, but they did host an NIT game. And it's been a little while since USU has hosted an NIT game. Oregon came to town, you know, Pac-12 team. There was some excitement. It was a, it was a good atmosphere in the spectrum. But Oregon came out, and they just were the aggressors, and uh, they took control of that game and, and ended up winning 83-72. to 72. But um, it was, you know, for a team that had qualified for the NCAA tournament the previous three years, it may have felt like a little bit of a, a disappointment not making the tournament again. But the fact that a new coach came in and was kind of dealing with some you know, uh, main guys who weren't able to contribute this, like we thought he, they could, particularly Brock Miller and a couple of guys that w- just struggled and weren't quite like we thought they're going to be. It was still impressive that he got the team to an NIT berth. Yeah, he had to take over for a coach. Uh, yeah, and Craig Smith in three years went to or qualified for three tournaments, went to two. You know, the one was canceled, but he qualified. Um, and trying to follow that up, a guy who became a legend in short order, at least in terms of his accomplishments at the university, Taking over for that's not easy, especially because Craig Smith then took several key oh, yeah. and uh, developing players. You know, he takes uh, Marco Anthony, who was, uh, like, I think he was an all-defensive player, uh, you know, the year he played at Utah State. And then he also took Raleigh Wooster, who was, you know, a, you know could have developed into a more reliable scorer at Utah State. He ends, They both ended up going to Utah. And so he's got he had to put together a, a backcourt in a hurry that was inexperienced and full of unknown guys. And uh, he did have Justin Bean, so that helped. Um, but, you know, he did bring in Brandon Horvath and uh, and others and was able to put together an NIT team in a tough conference. And so you give him credit for that. And, you know, those of us who are patient with Ryan Olm, okay, maybe it was a disappointment, but let's see how it goes. And in year two, 
the uh, patience seems to be paying off as he's developed an even better team than he had last year. Um, which, you know, getting a team that's better than an NIT team is always a positive. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, so, you uh, there were, yeah, so I think that was a positive start uh, of the year. Um, you know, there was not the only thing that was going on that time of the year for Utah State. You know, gymnastics uh, under Amy Smith continued to improve year over year. Uh, it, it, great individual accomplishments. The team set uh, set a record for um, the highest ever, second highest second ever highest. score, excuse me, um, that they'd ever had in their history. Um, and just, uh, again, a great, great season for gymnastics. And then Amy Smith moves on, uh, goes to uh, bigger and brighter opportunities at uh, Clemson as they're starting a, a gymnastics program and bringing her to help them get it started. Yeah, that was really the unfortunate thing because I've been following gymnastics over the last several years, just watching them grow and get better every single year. And then they ended last year in the top 25, or at least they were top 25 heading into like the postseason regionals and whatnot. And... They were. It was one of their best teams they've had in decades, and they win the conference. First time they'd won the uh, Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference. Um, they had been like the. I can't remember what con- I can't remember what it was called. Basically, it was just a Western conference. It might have just been the WAC. Um, I can't remember what the the actual name was because. Sometimes when you go to different sports, the conferences look different or just name different. Right. For instance, hockey plays. Actually, they might have call it the Mountain West in hockey, but they, you know, in gymnastics, it's not called the Mountain West. But, you know, this Mountain Room Gymnastics has been around, I think, about half a decade, maybe slightly longer. And it basically only consists of Utah State, BYU, Boise State, and SUU. It's a pretty small conference. But they win it for the first time. And it's a tough conference because Boise State and BYU get ranked pretty consistently, and SUU is no slouch either. Um, it's pretty easy to finish last in that conference for Utah State, but they finally go up and win it. And it was huge. It was, you know, banner season. And you keep going from there, and then, and yeah, it's just like completely undercut by, bam, Amy Smith's leaving. She's built the best program at Utah State over the last five, six years, including basketball. And uh, now she's gone. <laughs> uh, we had a chance to visit with Kristen White uh, a month, about a month ago as she's the new uh, gymnastics coach and get a feel for – you know what kind of program she wants to 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 build here. What kind of experience that she has, and it it, it seems it seems again we don't know anything until we start to have these competitions, but it seems like USU gymnastics is in good hands moving forward. Yeah, and when you start to achieve the the type of success that that Amy Smith was was creating, you create a different level of profile for people who are interested in in the job. And uh, Kristen White has a pretty interesting background that she's bringing with her to USU. Yeah, she's you know she was a really good gymnast in her own right. If I remember, she was an All American. She was individually, yeah. And uh, Amy Smith had a similar background where Amy Smith was a really good gymnast in her time. Um, and so, and then they go and usually they're you know a grad assistant and assistant, and they learn the the ropes of coaching, and then they go coach somewhere. Attached to some six very successful programs. Yeah, and so both have had pretty similar paths. Obviously, that doesn't necessarily guarantee success, but. You know, one thing you can point out is in the preseason, the gymnastics organization is not the AP who does these rankings, but the preseason ranking that came out about three weeks ago, Utah State's ranked 34th. It's not bad. You know, could be a lot worse. You know, yeah. you, you finished 25 last year, you're 34th next year. 
that's something to work on. The program isn't falling off a cliff. No. So it's just a little disappointing that the success you built now has to be passed on. Somebody else has to continue that. Uh, then uh, we uh, shift to football. I know there's been a lot of football talk on this show, and certainly when you look at the year that was, it's uh, there's going to have several topics related to football. And um, it was not without controversy. Yes, it had success in getting to a bowl game, and after the way things were playing out in September, we didn't think that was even possible. So that was an accomplishment. That was a good thing. But getting there was not easy. And part of it was mired in controversy. Uh, Logan Bonner uh, injures his knee in the bowl game last year, misses spring ball, um, comes to uh, uh, participate sparingly in the fall. But uh, all we hear from him and from the coach is that he'll be fine, he's fine, he'll be ready to go. But as the season started, we could tell Logan Bonner was not fine. He did not look as dynamic. He did not look as confident. Uh, and he was not as accurate. And we could tell that he wasn't, he wasn't right. He wasn't healthy. He wasn't back. But you know, Coach Anderson just consistently wanted to stick with his guy. And um, that started to get people really upset. The notable game was uh, Weber State. Um, you know they're losing to Weber State. They're, we're throwing interceptions to the other team, and fans are getting upset that the coaches are sticking with Logan Bonner. They're not upset with Logan Bonner. They're upset that the coaches don't aren't recognizing that he's not helping the team uh, put the team in a position to win, and that just creates a whole other set of controversy with with Blake Anderson and his post game comments that fans really took issue with. Yeah, it was quite the story for a few days, and it was. That was one of our days where, of course, just after the Weber State game, that was one of our days where our entire show basically consisted of reading off the 100 texts we got. Because everyone was fired up about not only the fact they'd lost to Weber State, but the comments that were made. And, yeah, it just, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't healthy. Um, it, it wasn't a good experience for Blake Anderson. Did not have a good week. Did not have a good month, to be honest. Um, just some controversies that kept coming out. And... Uh, yeah, it was the his seat started to get a bit hot for a second there. So people were like, okay, should we really be keeping him around? And it was just so surprising, and it was so bad because those rumblings started. And granted, there's usually an extreme who are always really quick to immediately call for the coach's head. Like that's their yes. first solution. Usually, rumblings to fire head coach starts with that kind of very you know minority group, and then it ripples through the fandom if things get worse. And so we were already having that group. And it, it was just amazing that that group had already start because Blake Anderson had just done in year one what nobody else had ever done before, you know, in winning like 11 games and winning a conference championship. Nobody else had ever done that at Utah State in their first year. So it was, uh, it, it was, it was kind of amazing. That's why it probably is, like if I were to actually try and rank these, this would be up there at the top in terms of how big it was. Yeah, and no, I agree, because it was not just his reaction, but everything that was going on at that time. Just that uh, Logan Bonner was struggling, uh, the coaches were, were sticking with him to a fault, um, loyal to a fault, and uh, not you know finding another solution to help move the team forward. Um, and then uh, just the, the fan reaction and then the coaches and players' reactions to that uh, to those uh, fans, and um, you know the Aggies had a bye week, 
And so nothing got settled or set or, or uh, you know, maybe it, it was a good thing to let some of that simmer down a little bit. But then it was followed up with, hey, we're going to do a, a week focused on mental health and trying to reposition, you know, what's going on and, and the struggle and, and conflict that was going on in that locker room um, and shedding a light on, yes, a needed topic to be discussed because you know, that was, that's frankly, something that's been one of the challenges with uh, Blake Anderson this year, which is where he is in his own headspace because tragedy struck his family. As if he hadn't had enough tragedy already in his history, you know, his his adult son you know, took his life in uh, early part of the year, and that really can affect you and can stick with you for a long time and has long-lasting ripple effects, um, and it can be really difficult to deal with and overcome. And so, you know, where Coach Anderson was in his own headspace emotionally too, uh, coming into the season was a big question, and it took a while for this football team to really kind of get back to the team that we, and I don't know if they ever really did, replicate that, that team that we saw from a year ago that won the conference championship. Yeah, they had it in spurts. I know the San Jose State win was reminiscent of the 2021 uh, team where it's like feel like you're kind of down and out and then you just pull off a win um, when you're not expected to win. That kind of felt a little bit like the 2021 team. And granted, you know, the the previous team was doing against maybe better teams than a San Jose State team. Um, but still, it, it had a bit of that where you you pull wins out and you you have clutch play, and that was one of the the hallmarks of that 2021 team is they were clutch. They made plays when they had to. But yeah, overall, this team didn't replicate that at all. Um, or at least in very limited quantities, I should say. Again, we can pull one or two examples here and there. Hawaii is kind of another example of being clutch, in well, sort of. Um, I guess in that game, they just got ahead enough and, and <laughs> yeah. didn't blow it, Yeah, I that, guess. That's but true. They, they made enough plays in that game. So, and then in an Air Force might be another example where they, uh, they made plays when they needed to. Um, so, other than flashes of that 2021 team this year's team never um rarely managed to get back to that they they were a shell a shell or shadow of last year's team in addition to that controversy there was also controversy uh surrounding coach anderson in how he allegedly dealt with a player whistleblower uh as the team was uh, this is in regards to something that happened the year prior with uh, the team dealing with um, you know, sexual assaults, um, allegations, and how you know you, you got to be careful and how to handle it. Um, and uh, apparently uh, one of the players didn't quite like some of the things that Coach was saying about it or how he handled it after the fact, after it came to light, and you know, filed the lawsuit against uh, Coach Anderson and the, and the team of the university. Yeah, it was. Yeah, if you remember all the way back before the bowl game, it, there was a recording that came out, and uh, Blake Anderson. They were talking about sexual assault and how to handle it, and how to, you know, I guess not get accused. You know, basically advising the players on you know informing them. I'm trying to make this sound like it wasn't like they were trying to tell them like how to hide committing these things. It was how to avoid it, 
how to avoid misunderstanding, how to keep yourself out of trouble. Yes. In these cases, it can be a very sticky, very complicated situation. And he was a bit too frank. Saying some of the things we tend not to say out loud, he said them out loud. And things that aren't necessarily true. There's some who are arg- that would argue they are true, but they're not things you say out loud. Um, and he said them out loud, and so we got in trouble for it. At it least got, the it parts got, it got one guy fired because, or at least let go or he quit or whatever. At least the parts that were made public. Yeah, uh, and from what I've from what I understand, there were multiple other things that were said that were not made public on the recording, where he makes it very clear that he does not stand for for any of those kinds of behaviors. It made it very clear that the punishment would be severe on his team if you engage in anything like that. But that didn't make the the, the press. Yeah, and that's where it's tricky because when you just put a small clip out of context, you can make anyone sound bad. Yes. And so that's where some of the controversy where you defend Blake Anderson. It's like, look, okay, you know, well, it sounds bad, but there's – Always more. You can never cut cheese so fine that there's not two sides, as someone smarter than me once said. Um, so, yeah, that, that was a kind of... Then it comes back to, you know, because the, the one player let out the audio, which some would argue he did it, you know, didn't include all the proper context, and people weren't happy about that. And, of course, the player said he was bullied, and he brought it up to the coach. Nothing was done. So it, it all boils down to... Coaches mistreating players, allowing bullying, not doing anything about it, and basically punish a player for being a whistleblower, which is not something you should do. But that's the allegation, long and short of it. Yes. Uh, All right, more on the uh, top stories of the year and kind of a chronological order, Um, not necessarily any particular rank, but if there are top stories of the year that you want to highlight or talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, Get your nominations in on our full court press text line, 435-339-0321. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs, with competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young. This is Mark at the Sportsman on Main Street. Winter is here, and that means downhill and cross-country skiing. Come and see us for great boot fitting and advice on your next ski and ski boot purchase. We guarantee the best prices and the best service you will find. We usually can mount your bindings in 24 hours or less. We also rent brand new cross-country and skate skis and snowshoes. Have fun this winter. Let us help with expert advice on the best gear and clothing from the Sportsman on Main Street in downtown Logan with tons of free parking in the back. College football bowl season moves into the new year with the ReliaQuest Bowl. Catch the SEC's Mississippi State Bulldogs against Illinois' Fighting Illini from the Big Ten. The Bulldogs and the Illini, live from Raymond James Stadium in Tampa for the ReliaQuest Bowl on Bowl Season Radio. Monday, beginning at 10 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. For more than a century, S. Needham Jewelers has been repairing jewelry and watches in Cash Valley. We do all our work on premises, and you may even talk directly with our expert technicians. We also have today's state-of-the-art equipment, including a laser welder that will repair jewelry with precision. 
We guarantee our work and offer competitive prices. So whether repairing your precious wedding ring, sizing a ring, or simply changing a watch battery, come to Utah's oldest jewelry store today's newest technology and repair. S.E. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. On behalf of the management team at TTM Technologies, we want to thank our more than 500 employees here in Logan for your hard work and dedication. Because of you, TTM Technologies continues to grow at a phenomenal pace. We've never been more optimistic and the job opportunities at TTM have never been better. If you're searching for a job or considering a career change, we invite you to talk to us or go to careers.ttmtech.com to review our open positions. Happy holidays from all of us here at TTM Technologies in Logan. Own a small business or a farm? You thought about solar? Listen up. A new USDA grant was announced allocating $300 million for farmers and small business owners to put in solar. That's right. The government will help you get solar installed, covering 40% of the costs. And don't forget, as a business, you can save up to 50 or 60% more with federal and state tax credits. Second Sun Solar will install your system and help with the USDA paperwork. Call Second Sun Solar today at 435-363-9917 or online at Utah solardirect.com Happy holidays and thank you for letting Cash Valley Ear, Nose and Throat, the Allergy Clinic and the Hearing Aid Center take care of your family medical needs. Make sure you call now for an appointment before the end of the year to utilize your cafeteria funds. Located in Providence and the new Three Peaks Medical Plaza North Logan. The entire staff along with Drs. Benyon, Blotter and Robinette wish you a safe and wonderful holiday. Go to CashValleyENT.com for details. Most insurance products included. Select Med are accepted. They never could play it, but they sure can talk about it. Eric Franson and Jason Walker on the Full Court Press. Eric Franson and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. And uh, talking about the top stories of the year, 435-339-0321. If you've got a nomination or a recommendation that we should talk about, we've been mostly going through it in chronological order, not necessarily ranking them 1 through 10 or anything like that. But 8968 texts in, I'm hoping that the football coach can fix his emotional problems this coming year, not for just the team's sake, but for his. And that's a worry because, you know, when you have an emotional shock, it can change you as a person and make you into something that you're not and you behave in ways that you normally wouldn't. I don't know. I'm not going to say that Blake Anderson's act like that. He doesn't seem like he's changed from an, from an outside perspective. He's still open. He's friendly. He's generally been honest with the media, like at least open with the media. Um, in friendly, I don't know what he's like behind closed doors. I've not, you know, had a chance to, to know him behind closed doors. Um, but if that happened, if that was something that's gone wrong, then yeah, it's, it's possible you could be linked. Um, but I wouldn't be too worried because it doesn't seem like there's any evidence that that's what's happened. Cause it's like, okay, you had a down year. Let's not pretend that the coach has lost his, his dank dad gum mind. Like, Probably fine, barring the obvious emotional scars that he'll be carrying for his life due to what's happened to him. Yes, yeah, those those are not easy things to to deal with or to overcome. Um, I'm no mental health expert by any means, but uh, that uh, you know suicide has touched my family, unfortunately. So I, from personal experience, uh, can 
can relate and how that can have long-reaching effects and can be tough to deal with. And so, yeah, I, I totally agree with 8968. I uh, hope that he finds finds peace, finds ways to, to deal with it. And for, for a lot of people, especially guys, you know, just getting back into work, getting something to distract us, that tends to be one of the biggest things. But when work isn't happening, you know, how can he you know, still be a healthy um, you know, whole person? And will he ever be a whole person? You know, I don't know. The guy's lost a lot. Um, and, but uh, finding ways to, to, to move forward can be tough, but I, I agree. Getting himself healthy is a really important thing that he needs to, to figure out. Uh, and when he does that, I think the whole football team, that staff, will all be the better for it. Yeah. But I'd argue it's not necessarily the case that he has lost it. No, He, he may have yeah, already overcome think, that and overcome that hurdle himself. Yes. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, I think the things surfaced, emotions certainly surfaced after that Weber State loss and uh, continued after the UNLV game, um, but then started to, started to turn uh, after that. Uh, a couple other big stories, speaking of – Weaver State. <laughs> That's that the Aggies lose to the Wildcats twice in in a matter of uh, months back to back in football, followed by basketball. Two things that very very rarely happen for Utah State. Yeah, it's only ever happened once, ever. Well, twice now. It happened in 1978, which is the last time that you, that Weber had beaten Utah State in football, and they also happened to beat them in basketball that year. Happens again this year. And it dang near wrecked the football program. Was a inconvenience for the basketball program, but still, both were big. Like Weber State's going to consider beating Utah State twice the highlight of their sports year. That's the accomplishment of the year for them. Yes. Um, for Utah State, we remember it for the opposite reason. It's embarrassing and shouldn't be happening. Right. The controversy surrounding it. Yeah, the, uh, for football, the, yeah. the struggle in basketball, just how they couldn't get things going again. Uh, but um, yeah, kind of definitely a big story in that uh, the, the team from Ogden came into town both times in Logan and uh, went home with uh, with a victory behind them. Yeah, just just embarrassing. <laughs> uh, another big story related to football: Ike Larson, homegrown talent, uh, started at Logan High, transferred to Skyview. Had uh, tremendous uh, impact seasons for both schools. Uh, comes to Utah State, and in his uh, redshirt freshman year for the Aggies, uh, when he starts to see the field, he makes plays. And unfortunately, the the tail end of his season hampered by injuries. But uh, when he did play, he made plays. The guy's a gamer and has a nose for the ball. Yeah, it was it was amazing. Not just because you know Utah State players are able to do this, is because former Cache Valley High School star, um, was able to do it. And he was able to do it as a freshman. Dude was an honorable mention freshman All-American from, like, College Football News, right? I think that's who um, awarded that. Um, and his counting stats, you know, didn't look super good. You know, 33 tackles, three tackles for loss, two sacks. But he made so many of those. You mentioned he had a nose for the ball. He made so many of those game-changing plays. Blocked three kicks. Uh, one of his blocked kicks was caught by somebody else. They returned it for a touchdown. He has four interceptions, returns one of those for a touchdown. Dude made plays. Yeah, when you consider his impact plays compared to snaps on the field, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It, it, most players don't come close to that. 
Yeah, there was a game, one of his first games of the year, where he, uh, or maybe it was UConn, I don't know, there was one of the early games where he played like less than 10 snaps, or maybe it was something like less than 15 snaps. I think it might have been less than 10 snaps, but like four of them had a direct impact on the game, where he like made a, made a third down tackle or a third down hurry that forced an interception, or just had an interception, or blocked a kick, like, like you know, four out of ten snaps he played were game-changing plays in one way or another. Yeah, it was really exciting to, and fun to watch him play and develop and impact the game, uh, added by the fact that he's a homegrown talent, for sure. Uh, and uh, switching to uh, you know more local, high school-level type stuff, uh, a lot of championship trophies coming to Cache Valley and uh, Region 11 include Bear River in that as well. And, uh, you know, uh, just uh, the high school athletics scene this past year where there were a lot of championships or runner-up finishes uh, for just about everybody in Region 11. Yeah, if I did my counting right, there were 11 championships. One of them's iffy because one of them was there was a three-way tie for boys' tennis title. And two Region 11 teams were in on that, Ridgeline and Green Canyon, I believe. Uh, tied with like Crimson Cliffs for um, the the boys tennis first place title, but Ridgeline, you know, they come out on top. Um, I think I did my math wrong because I said they won. In my article, it says they won three championships, but I have four listed, so I have to go back and change that. Um, Ridgeline won four championships and had three runner-up finishes. Mountain Crest won three championships. So originally, and they were first in volleyball, girls swimming, softball, and as I said, they tied for boys tennis. Runner-up in girls basketball, drill, and boys soccer. Mountain Crest, their three championships, girls soccer, boys and girls wrestling. Green Canyon, they won three championships. The aforementioned tie for boys tennis. They also won girls tennis, which for them, that was a back-to-back title. And then, and that was so dominant for Green Canyon, that girls' tennis, and I actually wrote a feature on this, where in the championship round, you know, they, they accumulate points by how their players perform in the championship round, or through all the rounds. By the championship round, Green Canyon could have lost every single one of those games and still won the title. They were, it was that dominant. But by the final round, they'd already won the title. Um, <laughs> Insane. Yeah, so Green came with those three. Bear River won one championship, had two runner-ups. They won in girls lacrosse, runner-up in uh, girls wrestling and softball. Skyview got the one championship in uh, excuse me, boys swimming and then runner-up in boys lacrosse. So uh, there you go. Unfortunately, Logan is, didn't have anything. <laughs> sorry. That's, yeah, sorry. That's, yeah, that's too bad. And, but, uh, but what a... Uh, what a haul by all, a lot of these schools, you know, Ridgeline with the, the most of anybody. But uh, an impressive season, you know, calendar year for a lot of these teams um, and uh, the success that they had. Exciting when uh, when these teams are competing for and playing in, in championships. And there are a number of others that uh, got uh, third-place finishes and, and uh, placed well in state-level competition. Yeah, I just went with the first place and runner-up because it's usually the easiest to know. Yes. There's not always a third-place winner in – there are in, like, you know, individual sports that they make into team sports, like the cross-countries and tennis and whatnot. You can figure out a third-place winner not kind of in a bracket format, but it basically means – the only way to determine that third place is, all right, who did the champion beat in the semifinal? 
Yeah, without having a designated third place yeah. which game. They, which there usually isn't. Which they don't do. Yeah. So you just have to kind of, by one set of rules, just pick one of the two semifinal losers and say, all right, you're the third place because you lost to the eventual champion. But nobody really hands out a bronze color medal for uh, that. No, no. Uh, for you know, speaking, keeping with high school, uh, high school football, um, some uh, some controversy with uh, high school football uh, in uh, in Region Eleven, and it started early in the season with Ridgeline. Uh, with a game, uh, well, the team uh, had a game uh, in Southern Utah, and uh, allegedly some hazing going on. Some really inappropriate hijinks going on on a, on a bus ride back, getting uh, players in trouble, getting them suspended, and some getting kicked off the team. Yeah, just a very, very unfortunate thing where, and I believe they're still going through the legal process on this. I don't know if anybody's been convicted of anything. And or they're juniors. I mean, it's they're juveniles, I should yeah. say. It's hard to know. Yeah, and... Like, you can find out if you dig into it. Um, but obviously, in, in this setting where we're part of the media, we don't. And granted, I've not looked into it to figure out who the names are because it's none of my business. I don't care. I've not been reporting on it personally. Some people have reported on it, and they keep the names quiet because that's what you need to do. Yes. These kids, again, and everything's alleged, but, again, assuming this is the you – know, they had surveillance cameras, so – I don't know if I want to convict them yet, but like seriously, it's if this happened, the kids made a mistake, a really stupid mistake. Let's let them figure out their lives from here and not end their you know, end their lives um before they've really begun. Yeah, so that was uh kind of a rough way to get things going for region eleven football with uh, with Ridgeline. Uh but then uh wasn't the only controversy uh, later in the year, um, allegations of mistreatment by Logan High football coach Bart Bowen to one of his players who struggled uh, got recovering from uh, an injury that was sustained uh, apparently in a in a weight room and uh, struggled to come back from it. And allegations of mistreatment uh, made it tough. And then eventually, Coach Bowen let go as soon as the season's over. Yeah, this one was a lot less concrete. Whereas with the Ridgeline players, they had. You know, security cameras, witnesses, and things like that. They they were you know they could build a, a criminal case out of that, to where those allegations seemed a lot more credible. Obviously, still innocent until proven guilty. This one, it was uh, he said, she said. Um, the you know the Herald Journal they spoke with this player. I suddenly forgetting his name. He revealed his name. He, he's not Johnny Pounty. Yeah, like, he, he didn't keep himself private, you know, and that's perfectly within his right. He's the one who feels victimized here, where he uh, basically he so he suffered a I want to say a spinal injury in the weight room, basically I think slipped a disc or something, and that caused a knock-on effect of of uh, just not very pleasant things for him. And he's saying that the coach ignored it. You know, supposedly Bart Bowen said thought that he was faking an injury and wasn't really. I want to say there were some allegations that Bowen was kind of making fun of him a little bit, would make, you know, offhand comments about this particular player, didn't do anything. In, in a similar crossover to some of the Anderson allegations, didn't do anything to stop bullying against a specific player when informed about it. 
So an interesting kind of crossover there where multiple Cache Valley coaches are accused of not intervening in bullying within the, the locker room. Um, so, again, just not a great situation. And, again, like I said, this one's a lot less concrete. We don't know what happened. We don't know if it happened, if the player is just exaggerating something, or if, if this really did happen, which, granted, Bowen was let go like two weeks after this happened, two or three weeks. Because the article came out on, like, October after 7th. After it was reported, yeah. Yeah, it was October 7th, I think, the uh, article came out, and the season ended two weeks, two or three weeks later, on, like, October 20th, thereabouts, and Bowen was let go. So I don't know if that was just, all right, get rid of him, or the fact that Bowen hadn't had a really great, successful season in three or four years. Uh, it seemed like Logan was still holding its own, at least on the football field. So it seemed like my hunch is that th- his dismissal is more related to the off-the-field yeah, I thought he did incredibly well given the talent he had. Yes. Um, also, I mean, kind of a sidebar here—not controversy, but just it was new coaches. I mean, we um, new coaches their first year. Ryan Visser at Mountain Crest, Trampas Wade at Bear River, but then there's going to be a new coach at uh, Logan, and there's going to be a new coach at Green Canyon uh, with some turnover there. So uh, that'll be interesting to see how that all plays out when four of the six coaches in Region Eleven will have been on the job for less than, uh, you know, really two seasons. Yeah, everyone will be in their second season or earlier except for um, Scavian Ridgeline. All right, uh, i got to take another quick break and uh, an update on other things going on in the Mountain West as Wednesday marked the beginning of Mountain West Conference play. A lot more teams in action. It'll be the first game for Utah State tomorrow, uh, this week in the Mountain West, and more on the top stories of the past year of uh, from from a local angle, love to get your thoughts as well. 435-339-0321. This is your Mountain West Basketball Update with Matt Neverett. After no games around the conference after Christmas Day until Wednesday night, the Mountain West kicked off their schedule with a bang as five games took place within two hours of each other. And it was New Mexico remaining as the only perfect and ranked team in the conference after an 88-69 win over Colorado State at the pit. The Rams jumped out to a 5-0 lead, then watched as the Lobos drained four three-point field goals in a row to take a lead they would never relinquish as part of a 17-0 run. Whipped it ahead to Mash, right corner to JJ. Johnson drives the baseline, kicks it out the house, straight on triple. Yes! Robert Portnoy on KKOB Albuquerque with the call. Jalen House put up a season-high 26 points on 10 of 14 from the field, including a striking 5 of 6 from beyond the arc to push New Mexico to 13-0. San Jose State continued a strong start to the season with a win in their first conference matchup, downing the run and Rebels of UNLV 75-72 in overtime. Despite a game-high 20 points from Rebel guard EJ Harkless, Omari Moore led the Spartans to a 10-4 mark with a team-high 15 points and 7 rebounds in the victory. Preseason conference favorite San Diego State opened up their conference slate of action in in a familiar fashion, going on multiple first-half runs en route to a 36-23 halftime advantage over Air Force and a 71-55 final. Off to Bradley, pull-up jump shot, good! Like I told you, steals in transition. That's the legend Ted Leitner on San Diego Sports 760. A 20-point outburst from Fresno State guard Jamal Baker led the Bulldogs to a 58-53 win at home over Wyoming on Wednesday night. The Bulldogs moved to 15-4 against the Cowboys in Fresno all-time. And in Reno, Boise State kept it close with Nevada, but the Wolfpack held on at the end to a 74-72 win at home. Keenan Blackshear led all Nevada scores with 20, and his go-ahead layup with three seconds left sent the Lawler Event Center into a frenzy. Here's John Ramey with the call on Lear. Keenan down the lane. Keenan all the way scores. Three seconds and eight tenths remaining. Nevada by one. And that's your Mountain West basketball update. I'm Matt Neverett.
Don't wait. Plan your New Year's Eve celebration now. Get your night rolling at the Riverwoods Conference Center's New Year's Eve buffet catered by Elements Restaurant. The night kicks off at 5 p.m. for you early birds. Reservations are being accepted from 5 to 8 p.m. Enjoy a delicious buffet full of appetizers, salads, garlic, rosemary, prime rib, and brown sugar Dijon pork loin. Plus decadent desserts sure to satisfy any sweet tooth. Start your New Year's off in style with family, friends, delicious food, and live music at the Riverwoods Conference Center New Year's Eve buffet. Call ahead for reservations 750-5151. 750 we're heading into some crazy weather this winter, which means power outages. Tyler and his team at Golden Spike Electric can install a Generac automatic standby generator for your home so you can avoid issues when the power goes out. If you have one already, Golden Spike Electric can maintain your Generac automatic standby generator for you. Find them online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. Golden Spike Electric and Generac automatic standby generators. Power you can count on. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. A number of your texts coming through. We'll get to those before we continue talking about our top stories of the year. 435-339-0321 if you want to chime in. Uh, 5338 I nominate the USU volleyball team for winning the conference tournament. Yeah, great run for USU volleyball. Uh, eight nine six eight. Will Ike Larson have four years eligibility left? I believe he has three because he used his redshirt year. Can't use this one unless there's a COVID year somewhere in there, which I don't think because he came in after the COVID year. Um, so I think he's only got three. I that's from what I understand as well. Uh, nine three one five. Uh, do we play Weber next season? In basketball, probably. I don't think so in football. And then, is there anybody coming up in regions eleven that could be an Ike type player that USU could get? Jackson Olson. Yeah, Jackson Olson's going in this year. Yeah, he's he's going. He'll probably redshirt his first year, but um, dynamic uh, wide receiver, yeah. kick return specialist. Obviously, different position, but yeah. Um. That's, I think, him and Justice Enna are the two cash value products I know that are going in this year. Uh, Enna coming off of a uh, mission uh, for the LDS Church, so he's coming back and he'll enroll. I don't know if he'll be around for spring ball. I don't know when he gets back or if he's I back. think he is planning on being there for spring. Okay. Yeah, that could be a difficult thing timing-wise, so we'll see. Um, as far as that, I don't know if there's anybody else. As far as players in region 11 now there weren't really that many dynamic offensive players defensively maybe you know originally had a couple of good defensive players so we'll see but nobody who stood out nearly as much as ike larson who was a absolute force yeah on both Cash sides Valley of the sports. ball uh 0391 uh talk about uh, had one before that. Oh, uh, one before that. Okay, before we start patting on the local high schools for state titles, remember, 4A only had 13 teams, north and south. UHSA, a train wreck and embarrassment the last two years. Yeah, I I do hesitate to bring in tons of credit. Obviously, the fact that you get that many, because I don't know how many Region 10 came away with. They came away with plenty of, of uh, hardware of their own. But in a lot of the more traditional team sports, the, the soccer, the basketball, and football, Region 11 has done a lot better than Region 10, at least just looking at it without actually doing the math on it. 
Seems like they've done pretty well. Yeah. And then talk about Green Canyon football coach Ander. Tight-lipped? Why? What happened? Uh, I don't know the tight-lipped comment. I don't know what that's about. But um, I've not really looked into it. I mean, it was just that he probably wasn't performing. Yeah, he's, that's a program that has had expectations that have not been met for multiple seasons yeah. now. He had a long leash, and uh, they finally decided it's time to move on. Um, I know Ander wasn't happy about it. He he wanted to stay on. He didn't. It wasn't voluntary on his part. Um, they they let him go, fired him. If you want to use that language. Uh, more talk about the uh, top stories of the year in sports coming up next here on the Full Court Press. Thermo Fisher Scientific is hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit jobs.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. This is Ryan at My Mattress. We need to blow out our inventory and you need to sleep better and save money on mattresses. That's a win-win. We're calling this the last week sale because this is the last week we can get rid of inventory. It's the last week of the year. Sealy Posturepedic was $12.99, now only $5.99. Tempurpedic $34.99, only $19.99. The warehouse is full and it needs to be empty. No interest financing available. Isn't it time to sleep exceptionally? It's the last week sale only at My Mattress. Advanced Heating and AC, the two-time gold medal winner in Best in Northern Utah. They're teaming up with Carrier Heating and Cooling. Carrier provides you the best furnace units available. And now's the best time to buy a new unit before the weather turns cash valley cold. Financing options are available. Turn to the experts at Advanced Heating and Carrier. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, 752-7272. Or stop by their showroom west of DI. And online at advancedheating-ac.com. We're not comfortable until you are Advanced Heating and Air. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs. With competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric Franson, Jason Walker, recapping the top stories of 2022 locally. 435-339-0321 if you want to submit a nomination. We've had some of those. But uh, next on our list... This really kind of came out of nowhere. Um, Look, we knew that John Hartwell had been applying for openings at other universities, at P5 schools, and had been doing that over the the last several years for different openings as uh, an athletic director, a couple different spots. And look, that that happens. It's not like that was a a secret or something weird. Um, But... He was uh, allegedly in the running at Auburn, and then they went in another direction, and then he abruptly resigns his post at Utah State and leaves the state. And so it was as if if he didn't get that job, there was no coming back, and he didn't come back. Uh, Goes to uh, issues a statement saying that he's moving to Arkansas, 
Uh, his, uh, his wife's mother, I guess, has an ailing health and wanted to be closer to, to family. Um, but uh, just an abrupt resignation by uh, John Hartwell. And then what was weird, coupled with that, just like a week or two later, Noelle Cockett announces her resignation. So it's left a lot of people wondering if somehow the two are related, but nothing's been reported to, to, the fact, to that fact. But um, still, John Hartwell, after being here for quite a while, abruptly leaves, and uh, Jerry Bovey takes over as the interim. Yeah, and I've I've heard rumblings about the state of Utah State and the athletic program, including finances. But um, and I need to go back and check the public records in that, since that you know public university, I can find out what their financials are if I want. But yeah, the, the there were some who were speculating that had to do with the uh, the lawsuit that was filed, because um, that was in pretty close proximity to this story, like. And it's not just like it was more like a straw that broke the camel's back type thing because there's been a lot of controversy. Yes. And not just involving, you know, one coach's comments about sexual assault in a random team meeting. There's much worse things that have happened um, and much worse allegations. So That happened on the watch of both John Hartwell and Noel Cockett. Yeah, so there was definitely some controversy there, or I guess um, suspicion, speculation. That is related to those things, but in in the end, is is very, it, it kind of, uh, yeah, it did, it did come out of nowhere, and it uh, was a big hit or a big surprise, and just rattled the entire Utah State sports landscape. Because yeah, it's, this is the guy of Utah State sports suddenly quitting. Yeah, it's for, not like he didn't not just not get a, a job somewhere else. It's like I'm done. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like he just wanted to leave Utah State, and uh, he just decided, all right. It's either this or that or nothing. It's either get that job, the Power 5 job I always wanted. Not necessarily just Auburn, but just any Power 5 job. But particularly in the South. Yeah, particularly in the South. So it was all, his, his, uh, all of his checklist for dream job rolled up into one, and he wanted that, or it was like, I'm just done at Utah State. And uh, so when he didn't get the job, he just quit. Uh, another big story of the year, as was already mentioned by 5338, volleyball. Back-to-back conference titles uh, and an NCAA tournament appearance. A great season for USU Volleyball. Picked up some big wins along the way. Um, and uh, a great job by that team. It continuing to develop with that coaching staff. Outstanding individual players. Uh, and uh, great to see what they are able to do. The type of season that they had. Um, and exciting to see what the future holds for, for Utah State. Yeah, it's all, this is a lot like gymnastics, except this time the coach hasn't left yet. <laughs> yeah. the, the program is on the up and up. They've had the, their first NCAA tournament appearance in 12 years. Their last one was in 2010. Uh, like you said, back-to-back conference championship, championships, albeit in slightly different ways, where one was a regular season title, a share of a regular season title. The other was winning the conference uh, tournament. But still, hard work came back to Utah State in back-to-back years. And, uh, yeah, sorry, I got distracted. I'm watching the Wyoming-Ohio game. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll just finish it off with this. Uh, Just the last one was just a record-tying start for Utah State men's basketball, uh, which, as we chronicled earlier, was foiled by Weber State to set a new record. But a great start for USU Hoops. Uh, You can go back and see the the top stories on CashValleyDaily.com. Top news stories for the year, as well as the top sports stories of the year, CashValleyDaily.com. Uh, Until then, we'll see you uh, next week. Have a great weekend, everybody.